Turn to the book of 1 Samuel tonight, 1 Samuel chapter number 17, 1 Samuel chapter number 17. And while you're turning there, I'll mention one thing for you to pray about, uh, just to see if somebody may be able to help us with this. We need a, the church needs a uh, refrigerator, and uh, we, are, we are shopping for a refrigerator. We use it for the conference. We use it for now that the college is up and running. And so you may have one in your garage that you're not using that works and hasn't been rejected by goodwill, uh, that may be something that, that uh, you could be a blessing to us. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I just thought I'd mention that tonight. Uh, but I am looking forward to the conference next week, and uh, uh, I, I love to preach. Uh, I enjoy doing what I believe God has for me to do. But I enjoy being preached to uh, as well, and so I'm looking forward to it. And my, my joy of, of the Preacher's Delight Conference is just watching the faces uh, of the preachers who are here and uh, know that they are getting blessed by what I get to be blessed by every week. They're getting blessed by our choir. They're getting blessed for our music, by our music. They're getting blessed by the uh, friendliness of our, of our staff and our church people. And uh, for them, it's, so far, this is the third one in, in the previous two years. And I don't expect this to be any dif- different. It's uh, I, that last day... I needed this. This has been such a, a refreshing time. This has been such a help to me. I can't wait to come back next year. I can't wait to get home and uh, get back into work. And so uh, I, I, that's always a highlight to me. And so uh, be praying, be here, and let's see what the Lord does. First Samuel 17 tonight, uh, and we're going to look at verse to start with. We're going to look at verse 24 through 26, a very familiar passage of Scripture uh, our theme uh, this year is committed to the cause. Uh, we, if you look at verse 29, it's not our text tonight, and David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? Uh, perhaps the most well-known verse in this passage of Scripture. Of course, David is going to battle Goliath and with the help of the Lord defeat him. But there's so much in this chapter that we can learn about David. There's so much in this chapter besides him battling with Goliath, that gives us an insight into the, the man that is David. Uh, we should not, if you study the, the early life of David, we should not be surprised at then I'll use the word success that he had in doing what it is that God had for him to do. So we're going to look at one of those aspects this evening, beginning in verse number 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Who did they see? They saw Goliath. They saw that giant. They saw that uh, man whom, uh, in their mind, could not be defeated. Verse 25, And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man that has come up, surely to defy Israel? Is he come up, and it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches, and will give him his daughter, and make his father's house free in Israel. Let me remind you, David's brothers were at the battle. David was keeping the sheep. But David was come to get a report and to bring some food to his brothers. And so when he gets there, he comes on to this scene of Goliath and everybody being afraid of him. Now we see in verse 26, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? And taketh away the reproach from Israel, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Okay, Uh, David is the shepherd. You with me? He's watching the sheep. He gets here, 
And what is the, the response and the reaction of the soldiers? We find it in verse number 24. They fled from him and were so afraid. David's instant response is, okay, what does the guy get that kills him? While everybody else is running, he's already thinking in his mind, this guy's got to die. This guy's got to be taken care of. Now, what is it? Everybody think of it. What quality did David had that you think, don't shout it out at me, that you think that David had that would cause him to instantly act that way? Uh, would it be courage? Certainly, courage uh, would be applicable. Uh, would it be, uh, would it be, be courageous, brave, uh, sense of duty? All of those things would certainly be true. But there's a word I'm going to talk about tonight that I'm afraid that our society has tried to make it a bad quality instead of a good quality. And I think I'm going to bring it out of our story tonight, and I believe we'll see that this is an underlying trait that David had that caused his immediate response to be, who does this guy think he is? Why is he bringing reproach to Israel? Why is he defying the armies of God? Tonight I want to teach on this subject, David's four calls of loyalty. David's four calls of loyalty. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll use the Word of God tonight. May the Spirit of God allow these truths to become very real to us. May we be reminded of some very important principles. And Father, may the life of David once again be a, te be a teaching moment for us. And uh, may we be loyal to you as he was. Uh, we ask your hand of blessing on the remaining of the service, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Obviously, we know David was a courageous man. We know David was a great warrior. Uh, we know that he won many battles. Here he is pulled off out of the fields, sent to where the armies are, and while others were fleeing, his immediate response was, uh, what's going to happen? We have to take care of this guy. Why is he bringing reproach to Israel? Now, I believe I'm going to bring out in just a moment that's this important quality of loyalty. We live in a day when, especially in not just in society, but it's even trickled into, and I'll use the term loosely, the, the, the spiritual world, the Christian world, where loyalty has been turned into almost a bad word. And somebody who, who is loyal, you, you've, you've heard it all, somebody who's loyal is a man worshiper. Somebody who's loyal is part of a cult. Well, loyal is a Bible principle. Uh, you, know what is, you know what has hurt our nation? A lack of loyalty. You know what has hurt our churches? A lack of loyalty. And many have asked the question sometimes, what would cause somebody to, to look at a place that cr created them, look at a place that, that instilled all these things in them, look at a place where they got saved, they, they had so many wonderful things happen, and then turn and, and attack the very thing that created them. They don't understand loyalty. They're disloyal. Many times as Christian, while we look at a political party or we look at individuals in the political realm and say they, they are not loyal to our country, they are not loyal to the Constitution, you and I need to look and evaluate our own life and make sure that we're loyal to the things that we're supposed to be loyal to. 
we see the loyalty of David early on in his life when we are first introduced to him. We see his loyalty to the herder's sheep over which he is the shepherd. He was loyal to his father. He was loyal to his brothers by even taking them supplies. Much is said today about the death of loyalty. Loyalty is not only in demise, but it is also in disfavor. It's almost like when somebody says, well, you're just loyal. It's like they just called you a dirty word. Acts of loyalty are often met with derision and criticism as if loyalty is a vice rather than a virtue. Someone has said that without loyalty, the boundaries of all relationships will be destroyed. Disloyalty abounds on social media as people criticize friends, leaders, churches, and even their nation often anonymously. Many people become disloyal the moment they feel that they no longer need the person or institution to which they were once loyal. When a price is required for their loyalty, all too often people abandon that virtue and turn against the person or institution to which they were once loyal. A lot of people like being loyal when it's easy to be loyal. You know, we're, we have a gener- we're in a generation, we're a time in our nation now, where you may have to fight if you're loyal to the Constitution, loyal to what, we, what our nation stands for. Uh, we're, we're in a day, definitely, but it may get even more evident and obvious in the days ahead. If you're going to be loyal to this book, uh, it's going to be more than just something that you can say, something you're going to have to fight for. True loyalty means unwavering allegiance to that in which you believe and love. Loyalty is not a feeling, but a commitment. You don't always feel loyal, but your commitment brings, I'm committed to being loyal. Loyalty remains intact even when it does not feel like doing so. Why? Because it's not a feeling. Loyalty is when you put the other before yourself. Loyalty is when you risk your own personal welfare for that person or institution in which you believe. I claim and I proclaim tonight that I am loyal to this book. It means that that loyalty is not for sale. It means that I cannot be shamed into being disloyal. It means that if there's a price to pay, then I pay the price. The same is true of the church. We are so disloyal to the institution that Christ founded, that Christ died for. Do do we realize that there's there's these talking points among the, the, this, the, this, these woke Christians who, well, we don't need the church and we don't, we don't need those things. And, 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 you know, after all, it is Jesus that founded it. You, you understand what they're saying. We only follow Christ. If you, if you're, how do you only follow Christ when he's the cornerstone of the institution that you say is a man-made institution? It doesn't even make sense. But it's, it's a problem with loyalty. They are putting themselves above that which 
I mean, just for example, let's just say, let's put the political realm. Let's just say somebody was going to use their office hypothetically of a vice president and was going to use that to enrich themselves. What have they done? They've been disloyal to their nation because they've put themselves. Just a hypothetical, I pulled out of thin air. A policeman who puts himself in the harm's way is exhibiting loyalty to his position as a policeman. Think about that. They're loyal to the oath that they have taken. The soldiers who charged the beaches of Normandy, knowing their lives were at risk, were showing loyalty to their country. One who is willing to lose his own reputation to defend a friend is revealing loyalty. A church member who remains faithful, even when the church is going through difficult times, is showing loyalty to the same church that our Lord founded. The Bible says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends if it's socially acceptable, if it's convenient. No, that's not what it says. Unfortunately, this kind of loyalty that I'm speaking of is more rare in this day and age than it should be. David often showed he was loyal. David was loyal to his mighty men. David was loyal to his family, as I mentioned. But I'm going to speak specifically tonight on the four calls of loyalty in the life of David that I see in this story tonight. In this one instance, I believe we see the elements to which David was loyal. And can I just say to the young people, and of course everybody included, especially to the young people, if you can decide what you're going to be loyal to, you've got a rudder that will chart you, chart you, chart your course your entire life. There are, there are choices that come my way as a 46-year-old man that have already been decided decades ago simply because I decided what I would be loyal to. And if I'm never going to vary from that which I'm loyal to, so many decisions have already been made. I don't have to decide where I stand on issues because I'm loyal to this book. I don't have to decide what I'm going to do if society changes around me because there are things I've decided I am going to be loyal to. And this just makes good practical sense, but it's certainly scripturally scriptural sense as well for all of us to decide this is where my loyalty lies. I can get along, <clears throat> you may not believe this, I'm a very agreeable person. I'm a very laid back person. I really do my best to try and get along with everyone, but don't cross the lines where I've decided to be loyal. Because my loyalty is not up for sale. I've decided. See, there's some things, I, I put it in, in, in when I counsel younger, younger preachers, and when I, I put it in this sense in my own mind. There are some hills I'm not dying on. 
But you want to argue about it? Go ahead and argue about it. But there are some hills I'm dying on. And I'm willing to die on them. It's, why is that? <clears throat> Do you, see, we let our emotions decide. Okay, what, what, am I gonna, what price am I going to pay right now? Or how uncomfortable, how much pressure. If you decide what you're loyal, loyal, loyal to, and I'm never going to leave that loyalty, it doesn't matter what somebody else brings into the equation, you've decided, here's my loyalty. Let me give you the four calls of loyalty. We're running out of time already. Number one, David's call of loyalty was to his leadership. Notice a phrase in our text tonight in verse number 26. What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine? Now, on the surface, uh, it may seem that he was in this for himself. I do not believe this is the case. I believe what he was trying to find out was how important is this to the king? What price is he going to pay? Well, Pastor, it says that we know that the king was willing to give his daughter, and yes, David killed Goliath. David got his daughter. Study out how that marriage worked. I think it's safe for me to come to the conclusion, if you draw a different one, that's fine. David did not do it for his daughter. He did it for the king. His loyalty was to his leadership. And I know that in the minds of some of these new age, I don't even know what to call them, Baptist, I don't even know if they're still independent, Baptist, whatever, to say that you're loyal to leadership makes you automatically part of a cult. But David was loyal to his leader. David was loyal to his leadership. Let me illustrate this in 1 Samuel 16. Go back one chapter, verses 21 through 23. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. We find in this passage of Scripture that David loved Saul greatly. He loved his leader. Don't miss this. He became his armor bearer. This David was not some servant pulled out of the field just so David was the one who would be king after Saul. David was the man after God's own heart, and he is his armor bearer. What was the armor bearer? The armor bearer was one who, now, think with me, would bear the armor. But there was more to just having that armor. He was the one, he was as a personal bodyguard to the, in the battlefield where the, where, the, where the armor bearer was, was next to the king. Armor bearers were expendable. Everybody had one. Armor bearers were not the most important people. And what did David do? David said, I'll be your armor bearer. I, I, I'll carry your shield into battle for you. I'll serve you. Even though he had been chosen to be king, he did not balk at the risk he was taking. He loved his king. And that loyalty is exemplified to the extreme. David also, as we see 
in verse 23, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played with his hands. God, we, I think we, we know the story well enough to know that when Saul rejected what God has said, God rejected Saul, and the scripture reminds us that God sent an evil spirit. And that evil spirit was upon him. What happened when that evil spirit was upon him? David took his harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Think about this for just a moment. It's pretty remarkable to me that David loved his, was loyal to his leadership enough to be his armor bearer. But then when God sent an evil spirit, and this is just a side note, there's a lot of bitter Christians sitting around, and they, you can't, nobody can hardly even be around them. It's because God has sent an evil spirit. But even when he was under the judgment of God, David did not stop being loyal to Saul. What did he do? He replayed so that he was refreshed. I don't know because I certainly was not there. I don't know how evident it was that the evil spirit was upon Saul. Was that I just alluded to? Have you ever been around someone with an evil spirit? It's pretty obvious. I think Saul was angry if you think of him taking the javelin and just in a rage throwing it in another instant at David. But David was loyal. He's so loyal, he chose instead to battle the evil spirit with the playing of the harp. Then I take us back real quickly to the phrase that I've already mentioned in, in chapter 17 in our text when David said, What shall be done to this man that killed this Philistine? Because I want to expand on that a little bit. What exactly was David asking in this question? David wanted the king's favor because he loved him, not because he was selfish. David was not asking, what's in it for me? He was asking, how much does this mean to the king? Because David, as soon as he was told the man who kills him is going to marry his daughter, he knew how much it meant to the king. By the price that he was willing to pay for this to be done. I want you to think about this for just a moment from a human aspect, certainly from a spiritual aspect. We know that David had the Spirit of the Lord upon him. We know that David, by the power of God, killed Goliath. But I want you to look at it from a human aspect from, from a moment. David knew God would deliver, but David did not know how God was going to deliver. And David stepped out there, and we're going to see the four calls, the other three in just a moment, of why David fought Goliath. The first one was the loyalty to his king. Because the king wanted the task done. See, true loyalty does not say what's in it for me. See, we've missed this in our society today. I'll be loyal as long as there's a benefit for me. That's not loyalty. I'll be loyal as long as there's no price. That's not loyalty. Uh, true loyalty uh, considers first how much, when something needs to be done, requests done, considers first how much it means to the one in authority. The loyal child does not obey as long as the price or the bribe is right. The loyal child obeys as they get older, mature, because it pleases their parent. 
You know, there was a day when the employee worked hard because the, it pleased the employer. Uh, the kind of loyalty that wants to serve for the good pleasure of the person who is given the opportunity to serve is almost extinct. I want, I'll serve as long as I get something out of it. Can I help you as you serve as a member of the Emmanuel Baptist Church? There, serving will bless you. Serving will benefit you. And I would dare say everybody in this room tonight, you have an area of service that you would prefer over all the other areas of service. And if God allows you to serve in that capacity, you ought to thank God that God allows you to do that. The truth of the matter is, if God allows you to serve in any capacity, you've got to thank God. You know, and let me help you tonight, at the, at the risk of sounding self-serving, there are some things that the pastor needs to be done that you may not enjoy doing as much as you would enjoy something else. It would be okay, because something needs to be done that you'd say, I'll do it as opposed to waiting to be asked for that one thing that you enjoy doing as a servant. I need to move on to number two. That's true loyalty. David was such a man whose loyalty sought to please his king more than to be rewarded for doing so. I don't believe David wanted that for the reward. Again, reference the marriage of David and Michael, Saul's daughter. Reference that. It was not a good one. I believe he did it to please his king. Because in the previous verse, the previous chapter, we know that he loved his king. He would play the harp for his king just to try and soothe the king. And here he comes and everybody's fleeing and there was a, scent, there was a call of loyalty to his leader. And he was going to act on that loyalty. Saul was not the same man he was when God anointed him king. He was not. But David loved him. David was loyal to his leadership. Let me give you the second call. David's call of loyalty was to his nation. Notice in our text, in verse 26, David goes on to say, uh, What shall be done to this man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? I don't think David, I know David didn't like the fact that here's the Philistine cursing Israel, cursing their God, and the armies of Israel cowering. What would cause an individual as David, who's been keeping sheep, to approach the battle and as soon as he gets there, he sees what's going on and says, I've got to do something about this. I've got to shut his mouth. Now, this was not a Twitter battle where he could say whatever he wanted to say. The giant was in high definition in front of him. He could hear the cursings. He didn't weigh the odds. Anybody with me tonight? He didn't make sure it was a convenient time. He said, well, I'm just here to drop this off, and in a moment he's going to find some obstacles from his older brother, but I'm just here. I'm just going to mind my own business. I'm so, uh, that's a whole, I can't get on that rabbit trail. Uh, I'm just minding my own business. 
but there was a call of loyalty to his nation. Can, can, I, can I help us tonight as Christians? There's some things because we love our nation that we should just be doing. Let me help all of us tonight. We ought to be living a righteous life if we love our nation. Because righteousness exalteth a nation. Don't complain about the Democrat Party if you're living closer to the way they live than the way the Bible lives. Because righteousness exalteth the nation. Why are you righteous? I love my God. The Bible says so, but it helps my nation. There's a loyalty to our nation. You know why you know, I think God's people ought to be soul winners? Well, the Bible commands it. And I think because hell is real, I think because heaven's real, but I think the greatest thing for our, our nation is for more people to be saved. Uh, he had a loyalty to his nation. Who, what's going to take away the reproach of Israel? Think about the life of David. And I really don't have time to expound this like I'd like to. David went through in his future, sleeping in caves, having to camp with the enemy to stay alive as an anointed king. Why would he do that? Because he loved his nation. He was the anointed king. In order to save his nation, he would have to take that throne. But you know, if David was like a lot of Christians today, well, this just is not fair. Pastor Saul just treated me, treated me harshly, and so I'm renouncing everything I've ever been taught. I'm renouncing everything. A lot of Christians act like some of these who will renounce America and go join the Taliban when they, when they give up the things of God. Uh, he was loyal to his nation. You think of the greatest group of soldiers in all the Bible where there's mighty men. They may have been the mightiest men that have ever walked this planet. But they were loyal to him, and he was loyal to them. They were loyal to their nation. He did not seek to overthrow Saul so that he could take his rightful place. David's interest was not in the position. David's interest was in the responsibility to defend the nation over which God had placed him. In America today, we have too many people more interested in the position than the responsibility that comes with that position. We see this in our own elected leaders. They like the name congressman. They like the name senator. They like the name governor. But they don't like the responsibility that comes with it. There's responsibility that comes serving your nation. There's responsibility that we ha have as citizens. And many fight for their authority rather than fight with their authority. David did not use his position as king to fight for power. David used his position as king to defend his people. That is loyalty. There, and, I, and I'll move on to the third call. third call of David's call of loyalty was to his faith. Notice this very carefully. In the same verse, verse 26, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Don't miss the word uncircumcised, which means he was an enemy of the faith of Israel. That's what separated God's people. He points out he is not of our faith. 
David's call of loyalty was to his faith. I use myself as an illustration towards the beginning of the message. There's some things I've decided long ago that where my loyalties lie, one of them is to my faith. I don't have to decide if we're going to take Baptist out of our doctrinal statement because I'm loyal to my faith. I don't have to decide. if We're never going to have a, a church-wide meeting to decide what we believe. The Bible has laid it out. That is our faith. It's something that needs to be said amongst God's people. We need to be reminded we should be loyal to our faith. I don't expect everybody to be where I am on this, but maybe you'll get there. I'm more loyal to my faith than those that have the same last name I have. I'm more loyal to my faith than a way of life. I'm more loyal to my faith than any institution I've ever belonged to, any school I've ever attended, uh, anybody I've ever preached with, anybody I've ever preached for. I'm loyal to the faith. And David was pointing out, I'm going to fight him because he is not of our faith. What happened to our loyalty that we would tolerate heretical doctrine? Why are we more loyalty to people than to the Word of God? We're, we're, we're not loyal. And young people who will get enticed by this world and enticed by the things of this world and, and those things and those people, this world never done anything for them and give up their faith. There's no loyalty to the faith. There was a time when loyalty to our faith, when tampering with our Bible, would have been totally unacceptable. We must be loyal to the faith. That's why it's important for you to know what you believe. That's why you need to be in Sunday school. That's why you need to be in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, because the more you get into the Bible, the more you learn what you, what you believe, because that's what the Bible teaches. But we need to be loyal to our, our faith. We are not a non-denominational church. And by the way, that's why I'm not sending any students to non-denominational schools. Because I want to be loyal to my faith. And that may be a little thing with others. It's a big thing to me. Uh, I rear our, and here, well, here's, a, here's a rabbit trail, but it needs to be run. Our, we, we rear our children in a Baptist church. We rear our children, and they go to a Baptist Christian school. Um, I want them to be Baptist. Um, I want to be loyal to the faith. There's some, and by the way, there's some Baptist schools. This is why I'm getting it. That I would never, I'd recommend them go to the non-denominational school before I recommend them go to the Baptist school. Because the Baptists are further in this situation are worse off on the faith than the non-denominational are. What, say, why are you saying? Because the faith, we must be loyal to the faith. Must be loyal to the faith. Oh, I had the privilege of sitting underneath the ministry of Dr. Jack Hiles. And we always wondered where he stood on the issues, for sure. But oh, the number of times I could hear him say, don't you dare be loyal to this institution. 
Don't you dare be loyal to it. You be loyal to the Word of God. You be loyal to the faith. And I heard him say this on more than one occasion. If this place ever teaches any other doctrine, you come back and burn it down. I didn't say that. Am I lying? Why? Because it's loyal to the faith. Uh, let's be loyal to the faith. I've said enough about that. Last one. David's call of loyalty was to his God. He said, what shall be done to this man that killed this Philistine? There's his king. Take away the reproach from Israel. There's his nation. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine? There's his faith. That he should defy the armies of the living God. There's his God. David loved God. This was a love that was based upon a reverential fear of God. Let me give you some examples very quickly with the time I have remaining. In the Bible of David's love for God, in Psalms 18.3, David writes, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from mine enemies. In Psalms 31.9, David calls upon God in mercy when in trouble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. In Psalms 27.1, David calls the Lord his light, his salvation, his Lord is the strength of his life. When he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? In Psalms 18.1, David says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. In Psalms 4.7, David says, Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than the time that their corn and their wine increased. In Psalms 9.1, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. In Psalm 23.6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. In Psalms 119.34, give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. In Psalms 25.11, David speaks of the greatness of the name of the Lord. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. Throughout David's life, his loyalty for God was evidenced in many ways. Even at the end of David's life, his desire for the temple to be rebuilt showed his great love for God and loyalty to his name. One of the most powerful passages of Scripture for me is at the beginning of 2 Samuel, the death of King David. There's so much, and I, I would love to do a I'm study, and I'd love to one day teach a study and just expound on everything that is in the beginning of that book. You have the end, and all the characters of David's life, they res, so many of them resurface at his death. But even at his death, he's not going to be there anymore. He's concerned for the house of God. He's concerned for the things of God. He, had lo he was loyal to his God. I, I, sh I shouldn't have to remind any of us this, but it's good for us to be reminded that the person we're the most loyal to is our God. I, I feel a call to my leadership. I've always tried to be loyal to my leadership. And I believe that's why I have so many who are loyal to me in my leadership, because you do reap what you sow. And young men, I know some of them are not here tonight to work, and they're going to be in the ministry. You be loyal, because if you're not, you'll never have anybody be loyal to you. That's just the way it goes. You be loyal. I feel like I've been loyal to my leadership. I, I, I feel like I have a loyalty. To, I know I have a loyalty to my nation. 
have a loyalty to my faith. But above all, I have a loyalty to my God. That's easy to say, especially when we all feel the same way. That loyalty will be tested over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You know, there's some people in my life that I've been blessed that God has allowed them to cross my path, that I will always be loyal to them because they've shown a loyalty to me. There are men, I've used this illustration before, I, I, can't even feel, I can't fellowship with them as close as I would like to, but I'll be loyal to them in the sense that I can pray for them, I'll be a blessing to them, I'll be an encouragement to them, I'll try and bring a smile to their face because I want to repay the debt that I have to them. But friend, we've all got people like that in our life that have a tender place in our heart that God has that connect, gives us that connection with. But I say all that just so I can say this. Nobody, nobody has earned our loyalty like God has earned our loyalty. Nobody has been more faithful to us than he has. I got to be honest with you. I, I know a little bit about the history of our nation. I know a little bit about what's going on in our world. And I do not understand the disloyalty of people who reside in this nation, take advantage of the freedom, take advantage of the evil capitalism, and then turn around and curse the very nation they live in and work to undermine the things that have granted so much to them. I will never understand that. And even though I don't understand it, I really don't like it. But I will never understand someone who God grants life to. And God sent His Son to die for it. Somebody who God saves from a devil's hell and keeps them protected at a young age from the things of this world and gives them opportunity that others did not have to be disloyal to God. And friend, I remind you, if you leave, that's why don't be, don't, don't, loyalty is not emotional. You can still love, but my loyalty chooses my position. My loyalty is a commitment. Don't let the, the that's why it's, the Bible says to be friends with the world. To be at enmity with God. So the only way, the only way I can be loyal to my Savior, who is nailed to that cross and paid my sin debt, is to stay away from the world, to be dedicated to Him. Don't be disloyal to God. David's four calls. I would, I'll close with this. We would all do well to have the same four calls that David had. And I know much of society wants to use the word loyalty and change its definition and disparage it. But loyalty is a principle that when we have it, just makes things in our life go better. I don't know, and this will help some of you tonight, I hope. Just personally testifying, 
I don't have to make very many life decisions in my life. They're made for me. Because I've decided where I'm loyal to. Either my position decides the next decision, or because others know my position, that decision is decided for me. If you'll be, well, how, how do I help? You know, there's, you know, the, the, some are, they have a different position and they're not, they, they don't feel the way I feel about God and the Bible and the things of this. You know, how do I balance? You pick what you're loyal to and they'll leave you. It, your position, loyalty, we would all do well to be loyal to our leadership, to be loyal to our, our nation, to be loyal to our faith, and to be loyal to our God. If we had a revival of loyalty, it would change this nation. Change this nation. If we had a revival of loyalty. Loyalty, young people, is not a bad word. Just make sure you're loyal to the right thing. Make sure you're loyal to the right person. We're in a self-society. Self-image. Self-esteem. Oh, going to that. Bible believing Baptist church, it hurts your self-esteem growing up, didn't it? You won't find self-esteem in the Bible. That is not a scriptural philosophy. It's a secular humanistic philosophy. Self-confidence. You've got you've to love yourself before you can love anybody else. Self-made, and I can go on and on and on. But David wasn't worried about self. David was worried about being loyal to God, these others I mentioned. He wasn't loyal to God when it was convenient. Um, let's evaluate our loyalty tonight. Let's, let's evaluate what we're loyal to. You think about Satan himself. He was disloyal. Think about the third of the angels that kicked out of heaven. Disloyal. You could make the argument that every problem that we have in this world stems from disloyalty. Loyal people have more peace in their life than disloyal people. Loyal people are happier than disloyal people. Uh, you, you read, I'm rambling now, you read accounts of soldiers who gave their life on the battlefield and some of the things they said. They, 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 they fought the enemy and gave their life almost with a smile on their face because they were loyal to their nation. And that sacrifice was demanded for the freedom of their nation. That is why America has never been defeated outside defeating itself. The fighting spirit of the American soldier. Anybody ever heard anything alluded to that? There's a great sense of patriotism and loyalty to their nation that they'd be willing to die for. You read the accounts of the martyrs who were tortured and burned at the stake and died 
they approach that so much differently than you would think because their loyalties had been set. This is what I'm loyal to. To all of us, we ought to be loyal to the people who invested in us. We ought to be loyal to the people who have prayed for us, have helped us. You know, young people, don't be, don't be lied to by this world. They've done nothing for you. They'll not be loyal to you. Uh, but David's four qual- calls of loyalty. I hope this is a help to you. Father, help us.